Well, I got mixed reviews after not preaching last week for our midweek worship service. Some of you felt like something was missing. Some of you were thrilled that something was missing. (laughs) One of them lives in my house. (laughs) To be clear, I wasn't just being lazy or trying to shirk my responsibilities by not preparing a sermon, though it was nice to not to have to prepare a sermon and just to get to be here with you all for worship without having something to add. The Holden Evening Prayer, such as it is, doesn't call for a sermon. It's supposed to, and I think that it does, speak and sing for itself, so I was just going to let that happen. A colleague of mine actually suggested that it might be presumptuous or arrogant even to presume that I could add anything to it were I to try. So I was properly convicted and tried not to for a change. Well, for those of you who wanted a little something else, notice I didn't say a little something more, a little something else. I still think the liturgy's enough. I decided on a compromise for this evening. It won't take long. In my sermon from Sunday, I talked about listening to and learning from voices and perspectives and the life experiences of others. So I thought that I would share with you a poem from a woman's perspective, Caitlin Shetler, who writes what she calls Poems for the Resistance. You might have seen her stuff floating around Facebook. She started to make it big, it seems like, in social media anyway, over the last year or two. Beautiful poems they are, sometimes rated R even, and beautiful and R-rated can go together sometimes. This poem is not rated R, but beautiful and challenging just the same. And it's very much what I was getting at on Sunday about those voices in the wilderness that the likes of John the Baptist represent for me if I'm willing to pay attention and to listen. This poem is called Sometimes I Wonder. Sometimes I wonder if Mary breastfed Jesus, if she cried out when he bit her, or if she sobbed when he would not latch. And sometimes I wonder if this is all too vulgar to ask in a church full of men, without milk stains on their shirts or coconut oil on their breasts, preaching from pulpits off limits to the mother of God. But then I think of feeding Jesus, birthing Jesus, the expulsion of blood and smell of sweat, the salt of a mother's tears onto the soft head of the salt of the earth, feeling lonely, and tired, hungry, annoyed, overwhelmed, loving. And I think 
if the vulgarity of birth is not honestly preached by men who carry power, but not burden, who carry privilege, but not labor, who carry authority, but not submission, then it should not be preached at all. Because the real scandal of the birth of God lies in the cracked nipples of a 14-year-old, not in the sermons of ministers who say women are too delicate to lead. So I don't know Caitlin Shetler. I'm not sure what she would think about me reading her poem, this poem in particular, as a man, I mean, in worship. I'm hoping it's more holy than heretical for me to do that from her perspective. Because I decided all of this is something worth sharing. Because men like me would, could, should, and do, truth be told, wonder about these things too, sometimes. Like, what was it like to be Mary? weak in the eyes of the world, but so strong in ways that too often go unappreciated or accounted for? Or what does it mean for men to carry power but not burden? To carry privilege for which we haven't had to labor quite so hard? To have authority but never having had to submit in ways that humble us? What is the vulgarity of birth honestly preached exactly? And do we hide from that? And when did we start hiding from that? You can start wondering about that by reading the accounts of Jesus' birth in Scripture. To say it's cleaned up there is an understatement. In Matthew's Gospel, we hear that Jesus was born, but there is no mention of labor pains, no water breaking, no dilated cervix, no blood, no sweat, no tears whatsoever. In Luke's gospel, the little bit that we just heard, all that is covered and presumed in a single sentence. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, just like that. The Gospels of Mark and John don't even mention Mary or the birth in any way that implies there was ever a baby Jesus. He just appears, fully grown, ready to be baptized by his cousin John down by the Jordan. So it's easy to imagine that what mattered to the men who wrote and who recorded and who decided which versions of the story mattered might have been different from what a woman would have chosen to include had she been asked. Which is why I think it's good for the words of a woman to come from the lips of a man every once in a while, not only because women have been saying and singing the words of men for so very long, 
but because men like me have so very much to learn from women who wonder differently about the world than we do a lot of the time. All of that said, let's hear Caitlin Shetler's poem again, mostly because it's worth another listen, but also because it's worth another listen from another voice that sounded more like Mary's. And so we can wonder in a new way what the vulgarity of birth honestly preached might inspire for us about the coming of God in Jesus this time around by way of a young girl with more strength and power, more brokenness and beauty than we often give her credit for. Sometimes I wonder if Mary breastfed Jesus, if she cried out when he bit her, or if she sobbed when he would not latch. And sometimes I wonder if this is all too vulgar to ask in a church full of men, without milk stains on their shirts or coconut oil on their breasts, preaching from pulpits off limits to the mother of God. But then I think of feeding Jesus, birthing Jesus, the expulsion of blood and smell of sweat, the salt of a mother's tears onto the soft head of the salt of the earth, feeling lonely and tired, hungry, annoyed, overwhelmed, loving. And I think if the vulgarity of birth is not honestly preached by men who carry power but not burden, who carry privilege, but not labor, who carry authority, but not submission, then it should not be preached at all. Because the real scandal of the birth of God lies in the cracked nipples of a 14-year-old and not in the sermons of ministers who say women are too delicate to lead. Amen. <laughs> 